Hello, everyone. Just want to welcome all our guests this evening, and thank you for joining us. Also, for those who have donated towards this, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Susan, it's been a year since we connected in a teleclass again. How have you been? Absolutely wonderful. I can't say anything in disarray because we are all here on purpose. We are all called forth in our light to pray for this world and to pray for these times. Yes, and you have done that, I have done that. Hopefully everybody has participated in some prayer of the heart for, you know, our nation, the world, because we do need the the loving, saving grace of God to help us through this challenging time that we're living in right now. And I so I'm so happy that we have Reverend Susie with us because the the grace she brings and her passion for the saints, the sages, the angels are amazing. And if you've never heard Susan before, I think you'll be very pleased tonight of the depth at which she comes with her spirituality because she leads with that. And Susan, can I offer you to just open up with an opening prayer for our teleclass? I'd like to open up with a Hail Mary because it is a powerful prayer in the grace of God bringing the Blessed Mother, the Divine Feminine, present to each and every one of our hearts to open them up to compassion, to joy, and to the love of God as we share it during these times and our times with our families and our times out in the world, it's crucial that our hearts open to the understanding of what's happening and to prayer life as God calls us each by name. So I'm just going to say in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I'd also like to open up with a prayer from, everyone probably knows this prayer, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of thy heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. And then I'm also going to call upon St. Joseph, our Holy Father, the most humble being, as we remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who poured your help and sought your intercession were left unassisted. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty, hear and answer me. Amen. 
Amen. I love those prayers. Being a Catholic, an active Catholic, those prayers resonate with me so much. And I know just as the listeners are tuning in tonight, there's a spirit behind all these prayers. And to me, it's all about the Holy Spirit that awakens us to the spiritual truth. And I believe tonight we'll just go deeper into that mysticism and just realize that prayer brings us to that opening of the heart of God, the heart of Mary, the heart of the saints. Part of this teleclass is going to be honoring our Blessed Mother because October's her, her one of her months, so to speak. So would you offer then maybe a, a decade of the rosary for those that are familiar with the rosary? We're just going to pray 10 Hail Marys to open up this because there is grace that comes with an understanding of who God is and how that intimate relationship happens. And it's sometimes it's with formal prayer. So I believe we're going to just start that out of Susan, if you could lead us. I'm just going to remind everybody that the rosary is really the living words of God present on a rope, a string, beads. The prayer, the grace of God, was brought to us actually by St. Dominic. Yes. Who was also... He was actually Spanish, but he ended up in France, and that's where the rosary began. So Pope Leo the Thirteenth has brought forward 11 cyclicals on the rosary. He also reminded us to pray it as often as possible. And in his light, and in Pope John Paul II's light, the luminous mysteries became present. So we're going to pray a decade of the luminous mysteries. I'm going to choose the first one in the baptism, because the baptism baptism is at the River Jordan, where St. John the Baptist is actually baptizing Jesus. In reference to us now, let us all be baptized in the spirit of the living God in the presence of these times now as we share it here and we go out into the world with that luminous heart, that luminous light, that luminous love that we can share with one another, with our families, and with the world. I'm going to start off with a Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Holy Mother Mary. of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of the Lord, Mother of God, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of the Lord, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of the Lord, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of the Lord, 
pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of the Lord, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of the Lord, pray for us, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of the Lord, pray for us, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. I loved how you created the mystery with the baptism, Jesus being baptized with John the Baptist, that we too can be baptized in the Spirit tonight. I love what Padre Pio said about the rosary. It's, it's a weapon. He always says, give me my weapon speaking of the rosary, only because he just loved Our Lady, he loved Jesus, he loved the saints and the angels, and so that was his go-to prayer whenever he, and he prayed many, many times the rosary throughout the day for us souls, as we're talking about tonight. So, Reverend Susan, what is what saints that come to your mind that we'd like to honor tonight as we're talking about the saints, the sages, and the souls? Well... There's always the three children of Our Lady of Fatima. They're important. They're crucial. Although two did pass away about two years after the apparitions during that Spanish flu. And the one that lived the longest is the servant of God, Lucia, who actually passed away in 2005, the same year that Pope John Paul II passed away. But she was 97 years old. Wow. Wow. And Mother Mary did tell her. Yeah, she did tell her, you would be here for a very long time, but I will be with you. She never left her side. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And I'm wondering about the two children. If she said, well, you're not going to live long, I don't know if that's in the writings, is it, or not? Yes. She told both of them in the vision in one of the apparitions, actually in the very first one, she told both of them that they would not be here long. Wow. And they were not. They both passed away. I forgot to ask Our Lady how long I'm going to live. (laughs) I should put that as a a request tonight. (laughs) The interesting thing about Our Lady of Fatima, the 100,000 people who saw the sun spinning as one of the miracles in that. But we all look for signs and wonders. But when we really have our hearts open to the more, I believe we can see those miracles. I was privileged to be born on May 13th with the feast day of Our Lady of Fatima. So there's always been a tender place in my heart towards Our Lady. I think everyone on this call and make a reference point also of how much Our Lady, the Blessed Mother, has helped them through their own spiritual journey. And it's remarkable. I have a, I remember there was a conversation with one of, I think it's Lucia, on the, uh, one of the visionaries that I think lived the longest. I don't know if she, is that Lucia that lived the longest? Or? Yes. 
Yes, she would be 97 years old. Wow. And she went and asked Our Lady because there were two of her friends who passed away, and she was kind of curious, did they make it to heaven? So she asked about Maria, and she goes, oh, yes, she's with Our Lady. And then she said, what what about my other friend, Amelia? And she goes, well, she'll be in purgatory until the end of the world. That's almost like, oh, my God, that's huge. I'll tell you this, Padre. Well, this is why you pray the rosary. This is why you pray, period, for people on this side and the other side of the veil. Because once the soul gets into hell, you cannot get out of there. Purgatory is a chance. It's a cleansing of the spirit. It's a cleansing of the soul. Purgatory gives you that chance. If people are praying for you to actually make it to heaven, so you really do want to pray for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones, and for those on the other side of the veil. It's really important more than you know. And the same thing with the rosary. The rosary is a weapon, and it may not, it may look like a rope, a string, beads together, but Right. To the fallen angels, which are the demons, this is a weapon. This is a big, huge weapon that, by the grace of God, it knocks the demons down. When Mary speaks, it knocks them down. When Mary comes to this planet, they lose their ability. They can't take over souls. They don't want you to pray because then you become engulfed in their misery, in their darkness, and you feed them. You'd rather pray, you'd rather pray the rosary, you and feed yourself to the Blessed Mother than to the dark. And do you know also, in the 13th century when St. Dominic was given the rosary, do you know that the same thing happened with the sun? as it did in Fatima. No kidding. Yes. It was 800 years ago, but it still happened. Wow. Reminds me of Medjugorje, because that's one of the phenomena in Medjugorje. And I got to witness it. Many at Celebrating Life who went on our trips to Medjugorje got to experience that. And I remember even when Ron Roth and I took many trips to Medjugorje in the early days in the 80s, and I remember we coming home, and it was springtime, and the farmers were out in the fields plowing the fields to get prepared for the planting of the seeds. And I remember we had a church service and at night, and after the church service, some of the farmers came to the church. They were out in the field, but they came to the church to tell us they saw the spinning of the sun. And it's like, so you and I still can have our own personal miracles when it comes to that, because it's just, it's touching the heart, and Mary is such a huge part of that. And, you know, as you contemplated this, talking about Our Lady of Fatima, the, we talked about purgatory, at least a little about purgatory. And I just want to present a, a question to our listeners. A lot of us, because of we have free choice and we, we have a lot of ideas of what God, who God is, what sin is, is this, so when we're talking about purgatory, it's those who, I call it, miss the mark, but they never, quote, confess their sins, their errors, or made reparation for that. As a Catholic, we can go to confession, and tradition says that when the priest gives absolution, then our sins are forgiven. And or you can just talk to God, but confess your error. And if, if we don't believe that matters, well, when we talk about purgatory, that's a place of purging. 
so what we didn't clear here on earth, we we're going to clear in, in purgatory. So there's a correlation there. And not to be a dictator or anything like that, but think about that process because it's living and it's true. So I just love the what is being presented tonight. might be in a different form for you, but I believe each of us can recognize the, the spirit behind it. So continue on, Reverend Susan. Well, I will also share that St. Louis de Montfort had seven blessings of the rosary. First one gradually gives perfect knowledge of Jesus. The second one purifies our souls. It washes away our sins. The third one gives us victories over our enemies. The fourth one makes it easier to practice virtue. The fifth one sets us on fire with the love of our blessed Lord. The sixth one enriches us with grace and merit. The seventh one supplies us with any form of payment to God and man for any of our debts and to obtain all kindnesses of grace from God. So he was a big follower of the Blessed Mother. His glories of Mary, and he also wrote a beautiful book on the rosary, which he brought to light three of the light luminous mysteries, because there was a lot of controversy about Pope John Paul II in 2002 adding that to the Catholic rosary. He added it because it was actually from a long time ago. He just brought it forward. But there is someone named St. George Pricker, if you've ever heard of him. He actually put all of those rosaries together. He was brought as, after he was beatified in 2001, and he was canonized in 2006 because they wanted to make sure that the luminous mysteries were represented during this time. So in 2002, it was already knowledge of us going into the grace of light, but we're in that field now. All of the light is waking up. The veil is lifting. More of the light is hitting the dark. Every soul is being presented with the light, their light body, their light essence, the carbon matter body is actually going more and more into the field of light. So the luminous mysteries are actually on time. Although they were set a long time ago, they were brought forward now. And it had nothing to do with Vatican II. Wow. And there's the wisdom of God, the Holy Spirit, that divine timing that we all want and desire. But again, the need that's there, someone else already, it's almost, well, I shouldn't say some like, it'd be prophetic. Someone saw that many years beforehand, but John Paul II brought it forth. I love the prophetic being manifested. So in its given time, it's manifest. It's interesting that uh, our, as a family, I had 12 siblings, and usually after supper, which is dinner, for most people, but on the farm it was supper. After supper, we all prayed the rosary as a family. And we always prayed Our Lady of Sorrows rosary for the poor souls in purgatory. And I so clearly remember that, and I pray that myself now just because it, it was a template for our family. So many, quote, miracles happen 
by us praying the rosary. So it's it falls into my spiritual rhythm <laughs> when it comes to offering rosaries for people to be prayed with. So I love this history, Susan. Continue on. Well, the seven sorrows of Mary are actually crucial even during this time. If anyone's heard of Immaculate, the one in Rwanda when the genocide was there and she prayed the rosary, she was also taking over the seven sorrows of the Blessed Mother. And each one of those sorrows is about the piercing of Mary's heart from the journey of Jesus and what our sins, the sins of this world, have actually done to the world and done to him as he takes them upon himself to help us get rid of them. Because when Jesus came, he, he caused a division because he came here to testify the truth. He wasn't here to be friends with everybody. He was calling <laughs> out the sinners to help the sinners so that they could realize their faults to begin to pray and to see the light of God. Man has missed the mark many times. So bringing in the luminous mysteries now, we all need to be in the light. During the dark times, there is much light here. And the Blessed Mother has never let us down. She's never let us go. She has been there through every essence. I mean, even when they had in France, when they had the French Revolution, which was in 1789 to 1799, and the rosary, again, is started in France. Yeah. That happened. Then we have, I don't even know if you know that, St. Dominic's work on the rosary, all of his written works, 3,000 boxes, were taken by Napoleon Bonaparte, and he literally burned more than half of them. So there's no real writings about the rosary from St. Dominic at all. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, they've been burned. So... If you're looking at time frames, that happened in 1810. So what happens in 1858? Bernadette Subaru, our famous mm. little Saint Bernadette, is being met by the Blessed Mother, who is showing her how to pray the rosary, but Mary is here as the Immaculate Conception, because there was controversy over that as well. So Mary knows when to appear, she knows where to bring her light to dismiss the darkness, to dismiss the darkness in people's minds. The conscious level has to be brought into the light. Hence, the world gets the luminous mysteries to be brought back into the light. We have gone far down into the dark and praising the rosary, praising the Blessed Mother is bringing you back into the light. She's really the mother of this planet, basically. Mm-hmm. Although people may not see that, they may think it's a religious connotation, but it's actually, she was made queen of heaven, queen of the earth, queen of the angels. Yes. And there are people on the other side of the world who are now getting visits from the Blessed Mother, and they have no idea who she is. She's mm-hmm. showing up so that they wake up and find the light. Yeah. Well, it's very crucial, and 
this day and age right now of the wars that are happening around the world, but also just the changing that's happening. And we're at a critical mass. So with Our Lady's intercession of appearing or whether it's praying for us, our families, our friends, our countries, it's really, I think it's so valuable, the gift that is being given us. We just need to connect with that in such a special way. And hopefully your hearts are burning just listening to this and and maybe have a, a stronger desire to pray the rosary with other people. Tell us more, Susan. Well, St. Thomas Aquinas, if everyone's familiar with him, he's another famous saint. He was the one that was telling all of us about how the dark works, that the demons are actually fallen angels, and that angels are actually made with faith, hope, and charity, created in an act of innocence. And then they have a choice where they're either going to follow God or follow the dark. So they'll either get a beautiful vision of God and fill, fill in that with grace, or they become damned in the dark and they don't come out. And then they look for souls to engulf. So I feel sometimes a lot of addictive behaviors are stemming more from that than maybe even the person, even depression, which is depressing your light, coming out of a darker place. So praying fills you with that light. It stops the dark. Even if you touch a rosary bead, the whole clanging of the beads, ringing of bells, takes the demons away. People don't know. This is why... Even Martin Luther, he started the Protestant movement. He was a fallen angel and a fallen priest, actually. He went into the dark side, and he said the rosary was actually more man-made than divine, and it was going to ruin this world. So they don't even pray to the Blessed Mother. They don't even look towards her for anything because he kept that part in the dark. But it's all coming to light now. And I think, too, yeah. Susan, that our our devotion, whether it's to Our Lady, Yeshua, Jesus, or the saints or sages, there's a tipping point in a sense of, I think when we all have, call it prayers that need to be answered, that we do pray in earnest. We do look for the light and someone to lead us to the healing of or the healing of a a relationship or a physical healing or marriage, whatever it might be that's on people's hearts. But that pulling of the heart, I believe, comes from the other side. Call it our own personal angels or Our Lady or the saints we're talking about. And I think a lot of us have a, quote, a favorite saint or a sage that really loves it. And I'm remembering our one of our community members, Virginia Chaffin's chef. She'll probably smile in on the other side. She had such a love for Mary, and she really blessed our community with that presence because it just showed up for her. But it was her hours of, in prayer. Like you, Susan, continue to just pray, and we take on that essence. And as our listeners are listening in tonight, I really believe Mary's presence is with us, so are the saints and all those who are, I call it the spiritual family of celebrating life, praying for all those on this call. And we'll end with prayer, of course, but just a touch your heart in a sense of being aware of even your relationships, your parents, 
friends that have passed on are listening in tonight and also praying for you as well as we pray for them. So, Susan, continue on. Yes, well, another one is St. Teresa of Avila, a most fabulous saint. Her feast day is October 15th, and she was a doctor of the church. She was the originator of the Carmelite reform. She founded many, many convents throughout Spain in the 1500s. But little St. Teresa, or Therese of Lisieux, also followed her being a doctor of the church. Both of them had a way with their soul, and God was mixed in the walls of their soul that was never going to come out. They were really like St. Teresa of Avila. She wrote the interior castle, the mansions of the soul, bringing everything that you could ever possibly experience. I mean, she lived through a lot of things. She brought a lot of prayer. She brought a lot of poetry to the world. But her her whole journey was literally, I feel she was more on the other side than this side, mostly Mm. with God. I mean, even God took her to see the caverns of hell. I mean, it took her six years to write about what happened from that journey. It wow. devastated the living daylights out of her because it's, it's a place where you don't want to go. And once you get in, you can't get out. And the suffering in there, she, you wouldn't want your worst enemy to get stuck in hell. This is why prayer is so essential. I mean, she also has that, same, that famous prayer, let nothing disturb you. Let yeah. nothing frighten you. All things pass away. God never changes. Patience obtains all things, for he who has God lacks nothing, for God alone suffices. It was an echo to her soul. I mean, she literally, I mean, there would be weeks she'd be unconscious. Weeks, one time, actually a few times they declared her deceased. She was not. She was far into the caverns of her soul way with God and not here. I mean, they were almost one time ready to bury her. Oh, wow. Yes, and she woke up. Well, it really sounds like that mystical union with Christ. And it's like, wow. I mean, I don't want to say I love the phantom that that could be possible with me, with God, to have that strong of a relationship with. Not that it has all these, quote, signs and wonders. It's just the wonder of getting to meet our Lord, whether it's in a vision, whether it's physical. It, it can happen in either way that this, what sparks in my heart, what draws me to that special place called heaven, heaven's gate, that these saints, thank God, people wrote about them and wrote down their experiences because I'm really curious with Chris of Avila for her to experience hell and it took her that long to write about it because again how do you put it into words because here she's with our Lord but yet here another place called hell Hades is another choice people make here on earth so I just temper our our attitude so to speak and really believe there's consequences to what we say and do. Oh, that is totally true. Because you don't want to, again, get, you don't even want to get near the essence of hell. I mean, even regular people have actually been taken to hell and brought back. And they even wrote about it. 
this is, I don't say, I'd rather stick with heaven. <laughs> oh, just absolutely. My own personal this, opinion. Is why, this is why prayer is so essential, and this is why yes. the rosary keeps you away from that. Yes. The rosary is truly a weapon. It really is. I don't think we understand it if we're not praying it, in a sense. And for those who maybe over the centuries have prayed the rosary but had not seen results, but it's living proof. How it manifested, how it was being taught, St. Bernadette, St. Dominic, they had these encounters with Christ and says, okay, pray this prayer or Our Lady, one of the two. And you too can have these experiences. And again, repetitious, repetitious it creates a beautiful habit that then you have divine union. And ultimately, that's the goal here of forgetting about ourselves, but also praying for other people, call it intercession. Huge. Absolutely. I don't know if anybody remembers, there was someone called Ted Bundy in 1978. He went to a college in Tallahassee, Florida. And his intention was he actually killed two girls. Then he went into another room to get another girl. But this girl promised her mother that she would pray the rosary every night while she was away at college. So that night, in in her prayer, she fell asleep with the rosary beads in her hand. So when Ted Bundy actually comes into her room, the knife that he just used on the two other women there was exalted out of his hand, flew to the floor, and he was pushed out of the room. He couldn't even touch that girl. The power of the rosary was present, uh, and we moved him completely out of there. Wow. That story I didn't hear. Well, I tell you wow. this, the priest, well, the girl that was actually saved by the rosary wouldn't talk to anybody except her mother, and she asked for a priest. When the priest came, she told him the story. So when Ted Bundy was going to be prepared to be killed, he asked to see a priest. Well, God would have it as so. That same priest was the one that showed up in Ted Bundy's cell. So Ted Bundy asked this priest, because he didn't know that priest was the one that was present. He didn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. So he he gets the priest, and he says to the priest, could you please answer me a question? He wanted to know what made the rosary, what made the sword actually fly out of his hand. What made him not be able to go into that room? So the priest says, I can tell you because I am the same priest that that girl spoke to that very night. The power of the rosary is real. Yes. And with all the angels of protection around that, that's incredible. What an incredible story. It's like each of us has that opportunity of developing that relationship with Our Lady, with Yeshua, and all the saints. Because there's power in prayer. There's safety in prayer. And, of course, there's been many martyrs out there, thousands, maybe millions, who believes in that relationship with Christ. And many of those died because of their faith, because they prayed, because the evil one wanted to get rid of them. But by the favor of God, the mercy of God, some were saved. Others, now we call them as martyrs or brilliant souls that stood up for Christ in their own life. But what a powerful story that is, Susan. Yeah, there'll be many more martyrs now. And I'll tell you this, in December of 2014, there was a bishop in Nigeria named Oliver Domain. He was 
actually in front of the Blessed Sacrament. He was praying the rosary. And Jesus appears before him with a sword. So the bishop backs up a little bit, and he's like, whoa. I mean, Jesus is there, and there's a sword there. So Jesus is handing him the sword. Once the bishop touched the sword, it turned into a rosary. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, this was in 2014. I mean, this guy is obviously still on the planet, and literally it is a weapon, again, that maybe you don't see it as one, but the fallen angels and those on the dark can see it. They know it's a weapon. I love it. And I have many rosaries in my prayer room, in my home, carried in my car, just to always have a reference point anyway, but I love these stories. Well, I'll share another small one. This was a father, Francesco Bamonti, who was actually doing an exorcism, but he was, the Blessed Mother was speaking. So what the the demon was saying to the priest, because the priest was asking the soul questions and the dark was speaking, he was like, every time the Blessed Mother comes to earth, they sink lower. Every tear of hers burns a hole in their skin. Every glance of hers pierces their head. Her every step brings them to their end, and they try to stop her, but they can't because she is much more powerful than their evil. Agreed. Wow. Well, you know, many of the stories in Medjugorje, and you know, Medjugorje is all about Mary's appearance, and she's still appearing every single day to, I think, three of the visionaries still. So what you just described was Our Lady coming to this earth, so it dispels darkness. It pushes back evil. So the more we pray, the more we commune, we participate in this mystery and pushing back the darkness so the light can prevail. Wow. Yeah, because people sometimes don't realize a small Hail Mary, a small prayer goes a long, long way. Yes, yes, agreed. I know one of the saints, and I think you're going to be talking about her, is Sister Faustina. Absolutely. And her, her grace that she brings to this earth that she lived and also interceded to really talk about the, the water and the wine, the blood of Jesus, the Shekinah glory, that she had this image of Jesus and the white rays and the red rays coming forth. And she she had visitations of a nun who, from purgatory, three times she appeared to her and says, keep praying so she can get released from purgatory. Here's this marvelous nun, this saint, who had great devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, Sacred Heart of Mary, but yet souls came to her from purgatory asking for prayer. So if if this deceased nun could ask for prayer, how much more do we need to ask for God's mercy, God's kindness, and apply it to our lives and then to our children and our families and our workplace? I think we're missing out on a lot of the opportunities of bringing that light to the world, to our families, just because maybe we miss praying, we miss meditating, we miss being in this vortex of God's divine light. So, if anything, I'd like to encourage everyone to start a devotion towards Mary, towards the saints, and Yeshua, so we can increase that favor, that light, that 
propels the darkness to leave. Continue on. And you know what's happened? Well, you know what's happened to humanity throughout time is the divine masculine, which is everything about the outside of ourselves, where we go, where we work, what clothes we wear. That's all about the outside of us. So now in the number two is the divine feminine for a thousand years will be in the divine feminine. And that's everything about the inside of you, your compassion, your intuition, your heart, your mercy, the love of God, prayer. So we've been taken on the outside of ourselves. Now we've been taken on the inside of ourselves. So part of that lockdown actually helped people to go back into their soul to find out who they are. And as you write, again, the luminous mysteries, as you're being lit by God, being in the presence Mm. of God, to live in that grace, the grace that we all know. But we've been here before. We've been through these dark times, and the light is always present. So as we focus more on the light and increase that vibration through ourselves, through our family, do you know one person in a household praying the rosary? keeps the entire household safe, people may not even know that. Just one person in the home praying the rosary keeps all of the family safe. But the presence is everyone should pray the rosary. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was on this planet, they lived in prayer. The angels that they had visitations from were actually present. It wasn't, oh, they had a vision. No, they were right in front of them. Because they've lived a different way. We're going Mm. back to living in truth. We're going back to living in light. We're going back to living in love. So as we purge all of this darkness and it goes down, all of the light fills our senses, fills our heart, fills our mind, brings us to a Christ consciousness of living, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because that's why Jesus came here, to testify to the truth, to show us this is the way. If everyone's in their life looking, what way do you turn? Turn towards prayer, turn towards God, turn toward the Blessed Mother. There's a way out there. Any other way is going to bring you away from the goal. And when you you get into the caverns of darkness, it's hard to get out. Even people now in depression, it's hard to get out. And they just can't. It's hard for them to see the light. So prayer, again, for yourself, for others, and for those on the other side of the veil is so crucial. As we expand into light, as we bring those luminous mysteries back to the grace of humanity, to the grace of this world, to let us all breathe in that sanctity, to let us remember our actual roots are divine in nature. We are not human having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual having a human experience. It's backwards. It's going forward now. By the grace of God is present in every soul. You cannot be here without God's breath. Even Ron would speak of that. You are the living breath of God. Without your breath, you are not present. You are not here. So when God gets into the walls of your soul, 
you're not going to let that light go. This is how the saints kept alive with their journey, how they continued to focus on God. It was feeding their soul. They could feel it. They looked for it. They longed for it. St. Padre Pio, God, please do not leave me. One of his most famous prayers was that whole communion prayer, do not leave me. Stay with me, Lord. Stay with me, Lord. It was his constant prayer. And he was one who would battle things nightly. I mean, he would come out of his cell bruised and beat up. Yes. That's unmanageable, but yet it was a reality. Yeah. saw it. So it's like there's truth being spoken in all of us. And if we can grab a hold of that, and hopefully the Holy Spirit is turning your heart again back to the Divine Mother, the Divine Father, and developing that relationship daily with that. Because I think the more we enter in, the more miracles we'll see in our own, because we intercede for other people, not only ourselves, but other people. Give and you shall receive. And that rosary is such a powerful tool to connect us with heaven so we can bring it here down to earth. What a glorious evening we're having so far. Who's next on our list? Well, there's little St. Therese. Everyone's familiar with her. Yes. She wrote the story of her soul. She had a total miracle happen by the Lady of the Smile, or Lady of the Smile, and she was 10 years old. But even at the age of four, she was seeing demons. But her whole life was set up, obviously divinely, because her mom passed away when she was four years old, and she had no actual nurturing. So the Blessed Mother was really her nurturer. And Jesus, she was married to Jesus. He was like her all. Everything was Jesus. She even carved onto her door in her cell. It's still there. I mean, they didn't take anything away. They left her room exactly the way it is. But Mm. she had a lot. And she passed away at the age of 24. But she knew well who God was. Wow. And she had interesting illnesses, interesting intercessions, interesting visits with Jesus. I mean, part of her name is St. Therese of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face. Because she had an image of Jesus and that holy face, it it never left her. Because, again, when God gets into the walls of your soul, you belong to God. You have literally left this planet. Although your body may still be here, you are living with God. There's a different grace in there. Although they lived ordinary lives in very extraordinary ways. All of the same shit. Wow. You have so many stories to tell, and and the saints come alive, at least when I'm listening to you, Susan. just want to let people know that Susan is a great intuitive. If you want to have a reading with her, that she'll tell you what saints show up for you in your own life. But just thought I'd throw that out there because she's a gift to our community, but also to the world. And she loves her saints. For those that do, I just say go for it. But who else is on your list, Susan? Well, actually, her parents, St. Louis and St. Zelie Martin. The first two as a couple representing 
the divine masculine and the divine feminine during these times. I mean, they were canonized on October 15th. Their, their grace and glory as a, a female and a male, the first two as a couple to be canonized in the whole world during our time. I mean, they were graced with five living children, four that passed away. Two of their children wow. are saints. So there's four people in this family now that are saints. Holy cow. This, <laughs> yeah. This, and the mother also, she wanted to be a nun. The father wanted to be a priest. They didn't make it wow. for different reasons. So they ended up slowly. Sure. God, of course, points them together. They find one another. They raised their children with God. Literally, wow. all of her sisters were nuns. They all went into the Carmelite. And you know, the same Pope, Pope Leo XIII, that same Pope that brought October as the month of the Holy Rosary is the yeah. same Pope that St. Therese approached to ask if she could go into the convent. It's the same Pope. Wow. He was 15 years old. I love old. that heavenly connection. Yes. Same exact Pope. Wow. I think I missed the boat when it came to our family for priests and nuns. We actually have one, Sister Deborah, who made that. My other older brother entered the priesthood, but then he left, you know, happily married. So, you know, God has a plan for each of us. And I know, um, I think we'll do one more, and then we're going to enter into our communion service. So which one would that be, Susan? Well, there's also St. Gertrude. Who is she? She is the one that offers that prayer for all the souls in purgatory. That when you say this prayer, and I will say it briefly, a thousand souls are released from purgatory. Eternal Father, I offer thee the most precious blood of thy divine Son, Jesus, in union with the Masses said throughout the world today, for all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, for those in my own home, within my own family, within my own neighborhood, that they all may make it. Pray for us. Pray with us. Amen. So a thousand souls get released from purgatory just from that prayer. Wow. It has a a similar prayer to Sister Faustina, the, the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, the, the heart of prayer that is we through all these saints and their own revelations from heaven, I really do believe imprints us with that matching grace to connect with heaven and set people free, including ourselves, as we pray for one another. But it's glorious. I love the listening to you, Susan. You, you have a wealth of information, but it's more mystical than practical in a sense because you actually live these saints and that's such a great attribute to who you become as one of our monk and ordained in our ministries thank you for that absolutely and i'm so grateful for clm for ron Rourke, for you padre for the way he structured everything and he brought us that closeness as well i mean i witnessed so many things with ron he brought like Jesus' ministry to us, mm-hmm. literally to us. And for those who were present, what a grace to witness 
the miracles, to witness the teaching, to witness the humor, to witness all of the things that used his body. I saw each and every one of them go in and out of him. And I was marveled at what would occur there. He carried that light, and he still carries that torch to CLM. He sure does. Absolutely. He's one of our great intercessors. So as we commune tonight for that grace, but I know you got to witness him, like many others in our community, if they have not passed over, but always had great things to say about Padre Ron. Quite a huge healer. He brought heaven here to earth, for sure. And he had a love, and rosaries was one of his weapons that he used daily. I got to witness to that. So so there's power in prayer. There's power in our connection with the divine. And with you that know, said, when, I would love to... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, when Pope John Paul II became the Pope, two weeks after he became the Pope, he said his favorite prayer was the rosary. He was the most yeah. traveled Pope around the globe. And he brought rosary beads to everybody he went to. Yes. And also, speaking of May 13th as the feast day, as your birthday, that was the same day that he was shot. Yes. And the Blessed Mother, yes, she went in there, moved the bullets over so that it didn't hit his organs. Yes. And he actually went to that person and asked, he, he forgave him. Yeah. The guy that shot him, he forgave him. Yeah, because he knew it was connected to Fatima. He knew it was connected to the rosary. Yeah. And that beautiful part, Pope John II, both Ron and I got to meet him personally. That's always been one of my greatest accomplishments. (laughs) I bet. To meet the Pope. And I remember when we shook hands, there was a presence that came with that. And and I, I know presence now, but back then, we talk about it, but when you experience it, it's like something just happened. There was a transmission. So, I bet, and yeah. That was, I got pictures, all those things, but it's like, I, I, just talking about it brings back that encounter. His love for Mary, his love for Jesus, and just to pray for the world to convert the world, because Mary does want all of us to be in heaven with her, along with Yeshua. So we do our small part in inviting people to that experience. Yes, because we have to remember in the end, her immaculate heart will win. Yes, 100%. I love that. So if people want to bring their elements, and I think I'll ask uh, Susan to begin. Oh, no, I'm going to, excuse me. I'm going to begin. So if we want to pick up the host or your bread, or cracker, whatever that element might be for you. And we're just going to commune with the Heavenly Father, the Heavenly Mother. And just like the rosary, it connects us to heaven here on earth. And specifically, when we offer up this communion elements, we're also remembering those who have gone before us. Our parents, maybe a child, maybe our pet, a preacher, a teacher, a neighbor, a best friend. We just remember our siblings, too, that have gone before us. It's about divine union, divine connection. And the communion elements help us to take hold of this spiritual truth that God and I are one. Our Blessed Mother and I are one. Yeshua and I are one. You're one with your family. You're one with your spiritual family. No, because they never die. They live. And so 
Father, I just take the bread, the host, and I just say thank you for what you have helped us to connect with. 2,000 years ago, you took bread and you broke the bread. You blessed the bread. And so with your own element, just bless it, whatever form that is for you. Maybe it's breathe upon it. Maybe saying words of divine grace or gratitude. And even 2,000 years ago when Jesus took the bread, he shared it with his brothers and sisters. That was the tradition. They were in celebration. But first, we turned our hearts towards God. So it's in that place of divine union that we remember what Jesus did for us, but also with our families, how much they've loved us, brought joy to us, loved us beyond measure, and just celebrated. Maybe the the feast days, holidays, weddings, baptisms, all those spiritual rituals that we participated in. We get to connect in the Eucharist to this bread. So I give thanks to God, and I bless the bread. And giving thanks, Jesus says, do this in memory of me. And that memory goes to the past, this present moment, but also the future. For in God, we connect in all three areas. So as we participate and take and consume this bread, Let's do that now. We participate in the great mystery of the great I Am Presence. Jesus, I place all my trust in you. So let's receive the grace now. So if Susan would like to continue. So are we going to bless the wine now? By the mystery of this holy wine... May we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. May we let these holy offerings fill our body, mind, spirit, and soul with the richness and goodness of God, our Holy Father. For we thank you, Holy Father, for all that you have given us, for all that you have shared with us, for all that you have blessed us with. We humbly thank you. For through your goodness, we have received the wine we offer you. Amen. Amen. Receive that wine, the new wine from heaven. Heaven's wine refreshes, restores, heals, and sanctifies. Just say, holy, holy, holy Lord our God. Many of you are experiencing the angels, the saints around you, participating with you, even your loved ones. You feel that they're, maybe you smell their perfume or hear their laughter or just looking into their eyes, that eyes of love. This is what communion does, brings us together. So with this point of contact that we all receive the elements of heaven, I'm going to ask Susan if she would help close in prayer for all those listeners and those who haven't but will listen to this in the future. So Reverend Susan, could you offer prayers for the participants? Absolutely. 
If you will bow your head, close your eyes, and open your heart to our dearly beloved Mother, Father, God. For may we all experience your love and forgiveness. May we all pray for our brothers and sisters on both sides of the veil. May our consciousness always and forever know you and your greatness. Let not one of us be caught in the caverns of hell. Let us all rejoice with you in heaven. Let us receive your love and share it with you in this world. May we all be blessed by the presence of you, our living God. For anyone needing any physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual healing, may you be touched by the Holy Spirit and the presence of the living God. For anyone with immune disorders, being healed in the name of Jesus. Anyone with cancer, being healed in the name of Jesus. Anyone with blood disorders, being healed in the name of Jesus. Anyone with lung ailments, being healed in the name of Jesus. Anyone with bone disorders, being healed in the name of Jesus. Anyone with vision impairment, being healed in the name of Jesus. Anyone with hearing loss, being healed in the name of Jesus. Anyone with autoimmune diseases, being healed in the name of Jesus. For know that you are whole and complete and made by God, who loves each and every one of us in all the same as the oneness as we are created in, this divine vessel of humanity. May we all be blessed by God, by the Blessed Mother, by the presence of Yeshua, our guardian angels, all of the angels and all of the saints. May we all live a sanctified, holy, holy life and pray for ourselves, for our families, and for one another. God bless you all. That was a remarkable prayer for all of our listeners. Thank you, Susan. I really sense I want to pick up on those who have broken relationships, maybe going through a divorce, be set free, be healed in the name of Jesus. For those who are in the hospital, even with COVID or other viruses or, or surgery, upcoming surgeries, be healed, be restored in the name of Jesus. For anyone who has lost their way or, as Susan mentioned before, maybe depressed, just can't connect with God or even family members, they're not left alone. Father, we just release your ministering angels and also tapping each soul who's listening that they do their part of reaching out and praying for that person. First, maybe with the rosary, then also just by kindness, speaking with them or bringing them food or just calling them up on the phone. Father, I just release your mighty power now, releasing those souls back into the kingdom of light. I say thank you, O Lord our God, for your great grace today. Thank you, God, for those who are missing the mark, who have some bad habits. Father, I just release those souls, those tormenting souls in the name of Jesus, bringing them back into the light. I thank you, God, for your living presence, for you, the love you have for humanity. So I bless our community. I bless every participant on this call and those that will listen in the future. May your life be whole. May it be complete. And I sense also for people who are moving from whether it's a city to another city or a state to another state or even over 
for a new country. I just say safe passage. And Father, just send your angels now. Just lead the way. Open the doors of opportunities of serving and a new dwelling place. I thank you, O Lord our God, for that new relocation in the name of Jesus. For we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. And I bless you as your Padre. And with all your answered prayers tonight and beyond, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. So be it. Amen. Reverend Susan, thank you for being on the call this spectacular evening tonight. Thank you for your joy, your wisdom, and your kindness. We appreciate you. I thank you. I'm so honored and humbled always, always, always to be present, especially during this time. And we want to say thank you for Reverend Sherry for her prayers in the beginning, for Craig, who's our tech person tonight, and for Mary Kay, who's on the phone, but also helped in our communications of bringing this all together. So we thank them all and have a glorious evening, and hopefully we'll see many of you on our retreat coming up next week. God bless. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone.